everyone just ignores them and wait for the first bomb in and wish everyone a happy new year. Here's the first one, isn't it? That's good. But what actually happens at that moment is, you know, one sense, very little, a number is replaced. We go from writing 2017 to now writing 2018. It's just a day more. Each day, Big Ben strikes, well I know it doesn't at the moment, but normally, Big Ben or clock strike 12. It's just another day. But it's probably less about numbers, isn't it? And more about a time to stop and to reflect on what has been. And the men's schedule last night, we were intently trying to work out who old Lang Syne is. Um, they're not a person we found out, it's for old time's sake. But each year, we, we find ourselves crossing arms, don't we, for with people, shaking each other's hands, really, and singing, and back they get to the book going, la 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 la, like you can't remember the words. Each year, some people might make a New Year's resolution. This year, I'm going to do this. Most people break them within a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe some speed them out. But when you think about this time of year, actually, it seems very bizarre, doesn't it? It's just a number. It's just going from one year to the next, as many have done before. But it is a time to look back. And you know, our reading in uh, what Jeff's just read in the first chapter of Acts is a recap, in one sense, of all that God has done. In my former book, see, I can never say the name just so well, Jeff. Go find us, we're going to go with that. Theophilus, there we are, Theophilus. In my former book, which is Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And so, what is we have here? The second act of Luke. And like any TV show, when you watch chapter 2, they recap chapter 1, don't they? They tell you in the previous episode. And this is what we have at the very beginning of Luke. In the previous episode, Jesus did this. And then it goes on a little bit more to explain about what happened to Jesus. But we are at an exciting moment in the life of the church in this day. We are at the birth <coughs> of a worshipping community, the church. This is where Jesus says to his disciples, friends, I'm not going to be with you, so you need to get into this yourself. You need to go and shape what it looks like to be a follower of God. You need to go and shape people's understandings. You are the ones that need to go out and share with the world what Jesus has done. This is a vital moment. And over these next couple of months, we're going to be looking at the early church. We're going to be looking at the, the book of Acts and asking the questions with the early church, what, what does that mean for us? What are the lessons we need to learn? You know, there might be some hard questions as well. 
What are the things we need to lose? What are the things that we've got, have got in the way of us, what, what God has called? We're going to start asking the questions of the early church and say, how does that shape us? <coughs> how has it shaped us? How does it shape us? And how in the future will it shape us? Always through the eyes of Christ. We're not saying we're going to start following and worshipping the early church. We worship Christ. But we see through his disciples how they shape his worshipping community. And so today, we're going to do a very uh, simple, not exercise, but reflection. Paul, we'll folks, have a slide on us. You know, if we look at the passage that Jeff read to us, there are three elements which are understood. The past. In my previous book, Mr. Person, I wrote this. And this is what it means for you now, I'm going up. And this is what it means for the future. Can we see that in the book that we've just read? There's not an idea of past, of present, and of future. The past being what Jesus has done. The present, and the disciples stood there and watched Jesus ascend. And the future, saying, go to all the ends of the earth, to Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. So there is past, present, and future. And this morning, as we go through this passage in a roundabout way, we're going to just think of three different areas. What did that look like for the disciples? Their past, their present, and their future. What about us as the church? As the Southern Baptist Church, but also us as the worldwide church. What does it look like, our past, our present, and our future? And then we're going to spend time reflecting about us. What about us as individuals? What about our past? What about now for us? And what about our future? <coughs> so I'm going to work across the boxes, down one, uh, sorry, down, down our columns. There we are. So we're going to start with the disciples' past. I've said this, I think every time I mention the disciples, they get such a hard time, don't they? <laughs> we do look at the disciples and go, oh, for goodness sake, get your act together. But it was difficult for them. You see, they were on a journey with Christ. And I shared some of this uh, over Christmas. Jesus was their rabbi, was their teacher, was the one whom they, whom they shared and they journeyed with. But he wasn't like any normal rabbi. See, a rabbi would be wanting to impart all that information before they died on, onto their disciples. But Jesus is a rabbi who is sharing elements of the Father. He can't impart all he understands because it is too vast for them. So the disciples are constantly in this situation of, of, of questioning, of wanting to know more, but not understanding. But Jesus, as they journeyed with him, as they learned from him, we read it in that passage, gave convincing signs, miracles, acts of mercy, of love, that really shaped them. They went around with Jesus as Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. It shaped them. It, it shaped them into who they were and what they were going to do. The disciples at this point had experienced the depths 
of Jesus' death. They've experienced the elation of his resurrection. They've experienced the wilderness in one sense of, of Jesus going off for 40 days, preaching and teaching and then not quite knowing what was happening. And then the ascension, the unknown, what is going to happen. The disciples, just even before we even start thinking about the early church, have been through a lot. What about our past? What about our past as a church? It was on Christmas Day that Brian came and whispered in my ear, I was playing the trumpet, and I forgot completely, I should have mentioned it. But this is Chinese Christmas. Jeff had said to Brian that this last Christmas Day was 30 years ago. It was the 30th anniversary of the church burning down. Uh, we should have a fire or something to celebrate. And yes, for those who know the story, it was both a sad time but also a time of revival. I mean, wow. Journey this church has been on in those last 30 years. I had the privilege recently of going with Jeff to um, Derek Keenan. Uh, yes, yeah, Derek Keenan, yes. And he and Derek was someone who was around at the time and, and was able to share some of the story of what God has done in this church. And you think that there is that moment where humanly the amount of people that were worshipping on a Sunday morning with no building, it actually made more earthly sense to close everything down, to stop, to say to those people, go and worship somewhere else. But wow, what a journey this church has been on to be to this place that it is now. Those people could build a sanctuary that could hold 100 people. Christmas Day, we have 150. What a journey this church has been on. Not just about building and numbers, but a journey of, of what is God calling of us in this community. The things that this church has been involved in over the years. Something of our past. But what about us as individuals? What has this last year meant to us. <coughs> was 2017 a year to remember? Was it a year to forget? Was it a year of worry, a year of pain? A year of, of, of God, what are you doing? A year of, of how on earth did that happen? As we look back, as we share, and look at what God's been doing, where are we? What is it we are challenging? What about our present? Well, for the disciples, as they were in that moment uh, in the reap, there's uncertainty, isn't there? Jesus, whom they had loved, who they had followed, had ascended into heaven with the promise of a helper. For them, probably thought, goodness knows what this help was looking for. Is it someone who's going to come from a foreign land to help us? Is it someone, who is it? 
uncertainty, unknowing of what is going to happen. The ascension, the anticipation. I, I feel for the disciples at this point. I really do. Because we can look back and go, well, the Holy Spirit came a few days later and all was well. But what were they thinking? They'd seen this man from Bethlehem <coughs> die, raised from the dead. And they thought, this is the moment. He's going to conquer Jerusalem. And he goes. He says, I'm going to send someone else to help. So as we look uh, going forward at the early church, and we might think, oh, the disciples, how silly, or oh, my goodness, that's wrong. They were living in a sense of uncertainty, in a sense of what's going to happen next. It's so easy to look back at the ascension and think, yes, it was all meant to be in God's plan. Yes, it must have been wonderful to be there. Yes, it's clear how the plan came together. Those disciples. What next? How's it going to happen? What about us as a church in our present? I was speaking with Paul and the church secretary this week. And I think both of us used in one sense a phrase that I'm going to paraphrase, and Paul's going to come up later and share the notices and he can correct me if I'm not. But I think for Paul and I, and for many others, we are at the cusp, the cusp of realised potential. The cusp of realised potential. There is so much potential going on that's starting to happen in life the church. We've got the here feed, which has a meeting tomorrow at 7, which is going to be the shopping for street, engaging people in the town. We've got the prayer station happening, hopefully, each Saturday, where we're praying for people in the street. Christmas Day again, and we should say a huge thank you to Royal Church uh, for all they did on Christmas Day, and for the other helpers as well. But the way we connected with people again, the way people were so thankful, the way that one woman came along who who's moved to Salt Hush in June, has no friend, hasn't been able to get out, has two children with her at the moment, in a, a place in Salt Hush where she's been placed, and there's no carpet, there's hardly any furniture. And I love the fact that people went and, and said, let me hold your baby while you're in your Christmas dinner. The way her son, and there's moments like that where you see the realised potential of what God has got for us here at Salt Hush. God is doing Paul's going to come later on, but still Paul's fun day. We talk about the growing deeper groups that are having this, this starting this week. James starting his youth group. The different things that are going on at the men's breakfast, the Tuesday fellowship, all these different things are realised potential of what God is doing. I'm excited. I'm, I don't just say that because I think we need to hear it. But I'm generally excited about what God is doing. I'm frustrated as well, you know, let's be honest. You like things to happen like that, don't you? <laughs> I'm excited about what God is doing through this community. It's going to affect not just this community, it's going to affect the community around us. 
What about us as individuals for our future? Is there excitement? Is there concern? You might know that there's difficulties coming. In sharing one or two recently, you know that this year might be difficult. Did you make a New Year's resolution in the hope that you would keep it, in the hope that you know something needs to change in your life? In the knowledge that you know God needs to work differently, or maybe God needs to work differently, you need to respond to God differently in your life. Are you here at the beginning of the year hoping it's going to get better? Or are you hoping for a rest? I just need to stop for a few moments and be. Is it a sense of saying, well, I've been here for everybody else? I need to be here for me. Is it God saying, right now is the time? work through in not some grand way it might be it might be through you through very simple ways what about what about the future well for the disciples the words that we read here are a, a, a paraphrase of Matthew 28 the great commission you will be my witnesses. You need to trust me, Jesus said as well. You see miracles, but you are going to go and do things far greater than I ever could. Now the thing is for the disciples, when they had that commission of you will be my witnesses, it didn't end nicely for them. It was a painful long road. But wow, look at what happened through them. And sometimes we need to know that the future is going to be bumpy. The future is going to be difficult. But wow, has anyone been on a potter's wheel? It looks a right mess when you start, doesn't it? Your hands are filthy, dirty. Water splashing all over the place. It doesn't quite look for us time. And then when you finish it, you go, ain't too much. Yeah. <laughs> but when God finishes what he's doing, it's perfect. And sometimes, if we look at the early church, as we look at those disciples, we will go on a journey with them over the next few months. And believe me, it will not be plain sailing. It will be bumpy. We will look at the disciples and go, wow, there's so much. <coughs> we might even look at, at some of the characters around the disciples and go, wow, that was different. But through it, God created something amazing. This church, this community. And so maybe something we learn today as we go through these passages together. <coughs> it's going to be bumpy. It's going to be messy. God can make something beautiful. What about us as a church? What about our future? What's God going to do? I wonder if the minister in 30 years' time, when I'm retired nearly, it won't be me, don't worry. 
comes here and look back over the last 30 years and say, wow, look at what God has continued to do. The story continues. You know, when Jeff came here, he continued uh, someone else's story. Uh, when Graham came here, he continued uh, someone else's story. Maureen, when Maureen came, and the story continues. It's not about the ministers, it's about God's people. Story to continue. And for this minister in 30 years to have to say, wow, we need to be prepared. We need to be listening to what God is saying to us as a community. And we are doing that. This is not me saying we're not doing it, we're doing it. But we need to make sure we continue doing it. When I was learning the piano, my teacher would say to me, as trumpet, actually, my teacher would say to me, well, Tim, what's practice? And I would say, well, practice is practicing until you get it right. He said, no. <laughs> practice is practicing something until you cannot get it right. It's not until you write. It's until you cannot get it right. Friends, we will never, we will always get things wrong. And so the call as followers of God is to continually practice and practice and practice. And what does that mean? That means listening reading the Bible, sharing together in fellowship, in community, sharing with one another, praying, listening, caring. And I hate to say this. I really do, because I know it's going to get grown. Where do we listen as a church community? It's through the church meeting. It's through the church meeting. It's through those moments when we prayerfully come to those places and we say, God, what are you calling on us? And so that's why the church meeting is vital to the life and fellowship of this church. Yes, God has called me into a position of leadership that I will lead. But I will only lead where God is calling us as a community. Where God is speaking to us formally and sharing. And that's why the church meeting is so vital. Not just when there's something important, but all the time listening to what God so what about us? What about our future? Are we ready? Are we listening? Are we wanting to grow deeper in our understanding of who God is in our life and what God is doing? We're going to go on a journey with the disciples and the angels. Shared journey on a Sunday morning and in the very deep groups as well. And I want to challenge each one of us where we're able to connect in different ways. Because I believe as we explore what God was saying through the early church, God is going to speak to us as well. God's going to challenge us. Sometimes when we're challenged, it's not easy to hear, is it? It's not easy to hear. But actually, through what God is saying, I believe He's going to lead us to an amazing place. To a place of spiritual growth, of understanding deeper His calling for us as a community into the community of the world, and for us as individuals. Each week going forward, as we preach, as we need, each person who preaches is going to leave us uh, with some questions to reflect 
we can take them into our lives. And Paul, could you just put those questions up on the screen? Um, they'll be up during this next bit as well. What is God calling with you in this coming year? Are you ready to hear? How can you prepare this week to listen to the voice of God? Many of you probably wonder where the notices are. Where they're coming. But we're not going to call them notices anymore. It's our corporate response. So Paul's going to come and share what's going on in the life of the church. And this is our opportunity to think, where can I engage? Where can I join in with what the church is doing as my response to God? Paul's going to come and share with us.